This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish and on my blog at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. This week's column in the Mail Tribune's food section, also titled The Whole Dish, is all about my take on pesto being a very versatile concept rather than a recipe and infinitely adaptable to the seasons and the ingredients that are available. Really, at a time of year, any time of year, when basil is just not available. I mean, of course, it's it's always available in grocery stores, but it is, to my mind, prohibitively expensive when it's not the season, meaning summertime. And of course, I grow basil in my garden in the summer. And when we have lots and lots of basil, I make lots and lots of pesto and freeze it for the times of the year when we can't make it fresh. And it does freeze very nicely and certainly adds a nice bright splash of color and flavor reminiscent of summer to our winter dishes. But I also make pesto out of any leafy green, a splash of some kind of acid, usually citrus juice, and any kind of nut. Cheese is something I really like to include, but it isn't absolutely necessary. And in fact, there is, of course, a trend toward dairy-free pestos and and vegan pestos for people who are not consuming animal products in their diets. And my column in this week's food section, and you can find that on the Mail Tribune's website at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food, that ran May 8th. Again, is, is all about how you can really take any green you have, and particularly greens that might go to waste. Not, of course, really tired or, you know, sort of browning greens, but greens that a lot of people might think that they aren't just sure what to do with, but are still really lush and vibrant. Carrot tops is a great example. When you buy carrots, particularly organic carrots with those beautiful leafy tops attached, I delve deeper into that in this week's column giving people ideas for Middle Eastern inspired pestos with mint and pistachios, for example, a Thai kind of inspired pesto with mint cilantro and cashews and a kale pesto that replaces basil and and still uses the basic kind of pine nut or walnuts, lemon juice and cheese formula the idea of what pesto does to pasta and other dishes. It's not really pesto. This broccoli, olive, and pistachio pasta, it's not really, again, a pesto. You can make the sauce part with the broccoli almost independently of the pasta, but I'll give the whole recipe in this podcast the way it was written, and that's from Pasta the Italian Way, Sauces and Shapes, a book by Aretta Zanini De Vita and Marine B. Fant. And that recipe actually initially ran in the Los Angeles Times, and I reposted it to my blog, 
few years ago, March 21st, 2014, under the headline, Pasta Recipe Softens This Crook Toward Broccoli. And the easiest way to find that post is to select from the archives on the drop-down menu on the right-hand side of the page. Select March 2014, and it should be near the top, a few posts down, again, under the headline, Pasta Recipe Softens This Cook Toward Broccoli. And that's sort of an explanation about how the broccoli in this dish is soft. It basically falls apart and makes a pesto-like sauce for pasta. And of course, that's in keeping with the idea that pesto can be any leafy green broccoli, of course, kind of getting a little coarse when it's it's starting to be overgrown. I had some sort of coarse getting ready to sprout broccoli in my garden a week or so ago. And this recipe immediately came to mind because it's a great use for that broccoli that isn't super, super tightly packed, which is how I favorite steamed. And it's just going to kind of cook down to a mush, which sounds really unappetizing to a lot of people because we've been kind of trained in that crisp, tender mode of consuming broccoli. And in fact, the argument for with this recipe is it's even more delicious when it is cooked longer over lower heat and kind of caramelizes. It really brings out the best in broccoli. This recipe also kind of treads the line with tapenade. I kind of think of it as a hybrid between pesto and tapenade almost. It uses cured black olives. I had kalamata and that's what I use, but gaita are another type that can be used as well. Anchovy fillets and capers, which are all chopped by hand with some garlic cloves. It's a really cool technique with pistachios that impart some sweetness. The first time I made this recipe, I didn't have pistachios and I just substituted pine nuts straight across, which I use very often in my cooking. And I found the combination almost a little too salty, a little too briny, and came to the conclusion that I should scale back on some of the salty ingredients. Well, when I went back and remade it with pistachios, I realized that one of the reasons why the pistachios are there, not just for their richness, they're really wonderfully rich and, and they are in keeping with the color palette of this sauce, but is because they have a sweet note. They impart a sweetness to all these salty ingredients that pine nuts or other types of nuts simply don't do. The other ingredients in this recipe are extra virgin olive oil, a small piece of dried chili, a pound of pasta, preferably penne, oriacete, or rigatoni. And as I mentioned, this is a dairy-free sauce if you omit the cheese. It is an essential. It's added at the last second. So this could certainly fit into that dairy-free pesto format. Of course, not vegan, given that it contains the anchovy fillets. Those could be omitted, perhaps some additional capers substituted. I think they're really, really delicious here and kind of essential. When I made this for a cooking class that was billed as being a little bit more approachable for cooks on a budget and anchovy fillets were deemed a little bit too esoteric, what we actually did is prepared the sauce without the anchovy fillets and we tossed the whole pasta with some good quality canned tuna, which is another really, really delicious and healthful variation. So 
I'm going to present this recipe for pasta with broccoli, olives, and pistachios in this podcast. Again, keeping in mind, this is very, very similar to a pesto and certainly plays like that on the palate. I highly, highly recommend it. This has become one of my favorite recipes. So it starts with one and a half pounds of broccoli. You're going to trim that head of broccoli, removing the florets and peeling and dicing the stems separately, keeping the florets and the stems separate because they cook at different lengths. The stems, of course, being denser are going to cook longer. So you add them to the boiling water to blanch them at different times. But total, you should have about five cups of broccoli stems and florets separated from one and a half pounds of broccoli. Peel two garlic cloves and start chopping that on your cutting board, adding two anchovy fillets. And these are available sort of packed in salt in little jars on the aisle with either pasta sauces and things or canned fish. You could substitute anchovy paste, which I really like to use in my pasta sauce, but you wouldn't want to add that to your cutting board. You would want to add it later in the cooking process when this all comes together in the skillet. But I really do love anchovy fillets texturally here as well. So they're really small. They're only about the length of finger and same width. And you add two of those to the cutting board with your garlic, continuing to chop with two tablespoons capers, preferably ones that have been salt packed, not brine cured. That's not a huge difference here. I happen to have the brine cured ones. I think they're just fine, but it is nice to rinse and drain those to just get that salty flavor off. So add the two tablespoons capers to the board with the garlic choves, anchovy fillets, keep chopping. And again, this kind of almost comes together like a tapenade. You're going to add a half a cup pitted black olives that are cured. And again, Kalamata is a really common type that people see and what I happen to have on hand as well. So a half a cup of those continuing to chop with the garlic, anchovy fillets, capers. Add a third cup shelled unsalted pistachios. And, and these should be unflavored as well, just the, just the raw. They can be roasted, but they should not be the salted nuts and a great resource for those of course is grocery store bulk sections where you can scoop out just what you need because they are a little bit expensive this recipe only calls for again a third a cup so add that to the board and continue chopping with garlic cloves anchovy fillets capers black olives and third cup pistachios leave that on your board while you heat six tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil in a skillet. It calls for very fruity extra virgin olive oil. I think that this is a recipe where that flavor is really nice, but really any olive oil is fine. Heat that six tablespoons oil in a skillet large enough to hold the pasta that you will have cooked, which is a pound. Add a small piece of dried chili, about an inch long to the oil. I didn't do that just because I didn't have a dried chili readily at hand. I like to use red pepper flakes in a lot of my pasta recipes. And so what I simply did is just skipped this step and added the red pepper flakes with the garlic olive mixture, which is, which is the next step. If you have the dried chili, discard it from the oil after it has begun to color. 
once you've removed it from the pan, add that garlic, anchovy, capers, beautifully fragrant, flavorful mixture from the cutting board to the pan and cook it gently in the oil until it just begins to kind of turn golden and give off even more aroma. You do not want to cook this over too high heat because of course garlic burns very, very easily and turns bitter. So gently cook this for about two minutes, medium, low-ish heat stirring occasionally. At this point, I added my red pepper flakes, and that was only about an eighth teaspoon, I would say, just a, just a sprinkle. You don't have to go overboard, but if you love spice, you can add a little bit more, maybe up to a quarter teaspoon red pepper flakes if you're using that in lieu of the whole dried chili stirring again into the garlic anchovy caper mixture. The pot of water for boiling the broccoli and the pasta should be salted. When it comes to a boil, add the broccoli stems first and cook for two minutes. Add the florets and continue cooking until they are bright green and tender but still slightly crisp and not mushy for four to five minutes with a slotted spoon or a spider type strainer. Those are really handy and they're typically sold with Asian wok supplies, but I use mine more often for pasta dishes, it seems like. Lift the cooked broccoli out of the pot of boiling water and put it right into the skillet with the garlic anchovy caper mixture, leaving the water boiling in the pot. Stir the broccoli and garlic mixture together breaking up the broccoli. That's the point of this. You want it to kind of disintegrate into this sauce, like we said, like a pesto. Taste the broccoli mixture and add more salt if necessary. Admittedly, there's so many salty components in this, with the anchovies, the olives, capers. You probably won't need any more. And that's one reason why cheese here is almost a little bit superfluous. Again, can be made totally without the cheese. Let the flavors blend for a couple of minutes over low heat. Again, keeping this kind of on low, medium, low to low the whole time. Add the pasta to the boiling water and cook, stirring occasionally until it's al dente, which will take 8 to 10 minutes about roughly. It's nice to cook the pasta in the water that has blanched the broccoli because it'll soak up more of that broccoli flavor and really kind of transfer all of that throughout the pasta and really make for... a super, super flavorful bite in every bite. So when the pasta is done, lift it out of the water and transfer it. And it can be a little wet. The pasta water that's starchy actually helps the sauce come together and cling to the pasta. It doesn't have to be dry. And certainly there are very few recipes in which rinsing the pasta is helpful. Occasionally I see recipes for that and I, it's it's obvious why the pasta would be rinsed when you really have sticky strands, you want them to be separate. But when you're trying to get a sauce to adhere to pasta, it's completely counterproductive to rinse it. And in fact, leaving it a little bit wet, some of that water clinging to it, again, helps to coat the pasta with the sauce. Mix the pasta with the broccoli, caper, olive mixture well, so it's well incorporated over low heat for about 30 seconds. If you are using cheese, this is the time to add it. It calls for six rounded tablespoons of grated Pecorino Romano cheese. Again, that's a salty cheese. It's traditionally a sheep's milk cheese from Rome. 
and it will impart even more sauce. You could use Parmigiano Reggiano here, which is actually what I had. And I didn't even do this step, preferring to just grate it on at the end once I had served up my, my pasta onto my plate. But if you want to do it as the recipe is written, sprinkle the cheese onto the pasta in the skillet that's been sauced and stirred together and stir again to just distribute that cheese and, and get it coated and somewhat melted. Transfer to a warm serving dish or serve this directly from the skillet and serve it immediately. A nice little drizzle of olive oil, which is how I always like to finish my pasta dishes and an extra little grating of cheese is really, really lovely. Of course, it's hard to beat. And that makes six servings of pasta with broccoli, olives, and pistachios from the book Pasta the Italian Way, Sauces and Shapes by Aretta Zanini DeVita and Marine B. Fant. And that can be found on my blog, The Whole Dish, at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. It was posted March 21st, 2014 under the headline, Pasta Recipe Softens This Cook Toward Broccoli. Consider that as another approach to the concept of pesto. As I explained in this week's column in the Mail Tribune food section, a la carte. And those columns can be found at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. Thank you for reading and listening to The Whole Dish.